0: This is JNK from the Fuck My Work Life podcast.
1: And you're listening to the Talking Smack podcast with Josh Scar and friends.
0: Avengers! Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Talking Smack, where we talk superheroes, movies, animation, comics, and so much more. I am your host, Josh Scar, and joining me this week is my little buttercup, Alex. Alex, how you doing? (laughs) I am
1: doing fantastic. And by the way, you have the sweetest smile, Josh.
0: With my eyes so blue.
1: (laughs) And you and I can settle down in a house built for two. (laughs)
0: Dear little buttercup, I love
1: you. Everybody, my little
0: <laughs> oh. So for those of you wondering, yes, I am out of state again. Um, I am in Zebulon, North Carolina, as we were recording this. And I had a lot of time to myself. And I thought, I'm going to call Alex my little buttercup. And I'm going to see if we can't make this a bit. <laughs> and I've explained the joke, so it's even more funny now. <laughs>
1: What's even funnier is that's actually the song my mom and I danced to at my wedding.
0: That was actually part of the reason why I decided to, uh, <laughs> to bring it up is because I remember like that song actually has a pretty good meaning for you. It's not just a cute little like, Oh, the three amigos. Yeah. it's So good. So a little bit of uh housekeeping stuff before we get going here. Um, Last week, I was on Quest Me talking about uh, Andor. um, I was on with Josh and Justin. Justin? Pretty sure it was Justin. Sorry, Justin or Jason, if I'm forgetting your name. I'm pretty sure it's Justin. I don't know why I can ever keep Justin's and Jason's straight. (laughs) It's a good thing we don't have one on the show. No, not at all. (laughs) Uh, But we were talking about uh, Andor episode eight, and it was a really good time. And I will have links in the description below for all of this. But I ended up kind of doing what I did over the summer where I accidentally ended up on like six different things all at once. Uh, So I, on Monday, happy late end seven day as well. Everyone, the episode of tunic on video about tunic on the video game club dropped where Slade and I talked about tunic. Unfortunately, Tim and Joey were not able to join us, but they wanted to get the episode in and Slade and I had a really good talk. I think we ended up actually recording for nearly two hours i don't know what at this point i don't know what he ended up cutting out but between talking about tunic and just shooting the shit we we talked a long time and then uh god's be willing i will actually be meeting Slade in person uh later this week
1: meeting in person it's dangerous you should never meet somebody you you only know from the internet josh (laughs)
0: well i mean we we now summon vehicles and i said vehicles that's weird vehicles (laughs) and food and groceries we have strangers from the internet doing almost all the things we want to have them do now
1: (laughs) yeah that we told we were told what's 20 years ago don't you get in a ride don't you get in a car with somebody you don't know don't take food from strangers
0: (laughs) (laughs) exactly and now now again they're they're delivering our food for us and then uh, last bit of housekeeping, I was also on Multiverse of Badness, where we talked about uh, West Coast Avengers number 46, I believe, where it's the debut of the Great Lakes Avengers. And I embarrass myself because I can't remember my grade school education <gasps> and I was unable to name all of the Great Lakes.
1: Oh, I okay. you got to make it up for it. Name them right now.
0: Uh, <laughs> Michigan, Ontario. Here, is it Huron? Yeah, it's Huron. Yeah. And Erie. Am I missing one?
1: The superior
0: isn't it superior. Superior, yes. yes. Okay, I, I did better than I did on the show because <laughs> afterwards I was like, "Man, I made a complete ass of myself with that."
1: <laughs> and you live close to one.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know, Lake Michigan. That like that's that's half of Chicago basically. With that, again, le- links will be in the description, uh, the episode description. So please check out those episodes, and also just check out all those wonderful podcasts because they are all awesome i not just because they're willing to have me on but because i thoroughly enjoy them with or without me on their shows and uh it's just been really fantastic to have the community and be a part of it so we are going to take our ad break and we're going to hear from brendan and matt at unsheft and we'll be right back to talk about the weird al yankovic movie hello everyone
1: this is brendan from the unsheft podcast each week on UnChef, we unpack a topic regarding the politics and history of our plates, in the hope of becoming better eaters. That's UnChef,
0: available now on your preferred podcast network. And we are back. We are here to talk about the Weird Al Yankovic movie UHF because I would rather talk about that. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, we we are here to talk about Weird, the Al Yankovic story, and. Uh, I I think Alex is putting on his his MMA gloves or something. He's going to get ready to (laughs) to sock me through the internet. Mm -hmm. This is
1: truly the sequel to UHF that I've been waiting for, for 23 years. I loved it. It was perfectly absurd.
0: I enjoyed it for what it was, but to jump the gun, this is going to get a pass from me as far as the (gasps) fucking smack rating goes. I thought it was fun, but honestly, I could not tell you maybe more than like two lines of dialogue from this movie that I really found funny. And it's it's not going to be a, a comedy movie that I think people are going to be quoting and be like, oh, man, it's not going to be like the uh, sorry, champ, I ate your chocolate covered squirrel from Anchorman. <laughs>
1: Or it's not gonna be. It's not gonna be from UHF. It's, you get to drink from the fire hose. <laughs> <laughs> I will just say that occasionally to somebody, just to see them look at me, and let them go.
0: What? <laughs> <laughs> I. I mean, just to say that it's just because it's not a quotable movie does not mean it's a bad movie. I think it's fine. I think it does what it wants to do really well, but. I don't think it does what it needs to do well enough. Hmm. Ricky and I watched it together, and when we got uh, spoiler alert for Weird, the Al Yankovic story, before we get any further into it, when Ricky and I were watching it, she just completely jumped off board once we got to the Colombian drug lord subplot. <laughs> <laughs> but it was awesome. <laughs> the, the, the fight sequence and everything was hilarious and amazing, but I can't disagree with her. Not because just because she's my wife, but because it is kind of dumb and it detracts from the biopic story. And she's just like, what the fuck was real? And what, what part of this entire movie is real? And I'm like, I think the only thing so far is that he got his first accordion from a door to door salesman. And he recorded his first album in the bathroom. like that's all I know that's for tr- that's true. Oh, and Dr. Demento. like everything else, I have no idea how much of that is like fudged.
1: see, i I loved it because I realized that what it was is that it starts with major kernels of truth. You know, his parents didn't like him, didn't want him playing the, you know, didn't want him listening to Dr. Demento. He kind of didn't fit in. He, the ourselves in salesman accordion thing was real. Um, fell in with some friends. Those, like, those three guys that are with him are his band. They've been with him his entire career. He's never like traded out people and stuff like that. They all still work with him. All that is little bits of kernels of truth, which I really like. But, I realized that everything was going to be slightly skewed, and then was just going to go harder and harder into fantasy land. And I was just sold on it completely. Um, when I was when I was watching it last night, uh, I was watching it with uh, my my wife and our best friend. And the second that Madonna gets kidnapped, my friend goes, and there's the Colombian drug are coming back. <laughs> 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 because it was just like, okay, this is, there's gotta be a reason for it. So I was just so invested in the absurdity because it truly is a parody of a biopic, but also just like a parody of himself, like his own, his own self-importance, his own self-grandizement. And that is what is so great about it. Do I think it's very quotable? N- no, no. But I loved laughing at the just sheer bizarreness of it. It reminds me of like um, one of my favorite Michael Keaton movies is called Johnny Dangerously. It's about him. Uh, He's a like like a pet salesman kind of thing. And he's telling this kid to stay off the streets because things went really bad for him and he got in a lot of trouble. And it's basically a parody of The Godfather. And there's not a whole lot of like super quotable lines in there. But the bits that lead up to it and the absurdity that they just keep piling on top of each other is what makes it so good. Which is, I think that's kind of like Weird Al. He's in his 60s now. He's been famous for what, like 45 years, something like that. And I think that that this movie is truly a callback to the humor that he is invested in. Which is kind of slapsticky, just try to sell it as straight as possible while just things just keep piling up to absurdity levels, kind of like airplane, um, naked gun and stuff like that.
0: See, I think that's part of where the movie started falling flat for me because they, they did play it straight for a fair portion of the movie, but there were little things here and there that kind of took me out of it. Cause like there's the moment where I, there's something that happens with the mom and she just basically breaks the fourth wall and it, it it took me out of it very, very in the very early goings of the movie. And then uh, I I love the bit and I, I think it, they did play it really well. The hay boy. <laughs> yeah. I love that the hay boy comes back later. Like I, I thought that was hilarious.
1: See, w- was was it the bit, the part where the accordion salesman was beat up and she walks back into the room, bonds with Al, weird Al. And then the guy's like, I
0: think I have a collapse along. And she went, we're having a moment here. <laughs> That's no, really- I, I thought yeah, I thought, that was funny. I like that one. Um, but I think this is me with my expectations, yeah. which I, I usually try not to go into movies with any kind of premeditated expectations, but I was really hoping that this would be better than walk hard. The Dewey Cox story. Mm. For some reason, I know a lot of people really love that movie because it does play on those tropes. And like that one is kind of a quotable movie where like Tim Meadows' character, he's like, "Dewey, you don't want this. It's marijuana. It's gonna get you high, and it's gonna make you feel so good."
1: Is it addictive? No, it's not. <laughs> is it expensive?
0: No. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, like that. That's the one bit from that movie that I thought was all I've always thought was funny. But like everything else about the Dewey Cox movie, just like I, I never really liked. I, I liked Jenna Fisher in the movie. I liked Tim yeah. Meadows and that was kind of it. Uh, everything else in the movie, I, I did not care for. So I was like, all right, fine. Maybe this will be the Dewey Cox movie for me and it will make me appreciate the biopic parody a little bit more. It really didn't do that for me.
1: Yeah, I can kind of see that um, because it isn't quote unquote m- more modern humor where it's just like You can tell there's things that are scripted and things that are not, and it just kind of like flows really, really quickly. This takes a little while to kind of get going because of the slow ramp up with the absurdity, which is the more absurd it got, the more invested I became in it. Because like, but there are like just weird random moments that I just love. Like, um, he's he goes out with his friends. He's trying to become super famous and he's talking about his friends like oh yeah we're all like doing nothing together and one of them's like i think they said his name was steve he's like what did you do today oh man just because i don't have my parents around i drove backwards on the highway going with my eyes closed just waiting to die waiting to see what would happen and he's like that's not good man (laughs) (laughs) yes I love that. And I, I do love the kind of offhand line of like, Oh, um, he's playing one of his first gigs in a bar and playing uh, where he's playing. Um, I love Rocky road. And one of the bikers is all oh, I need like a double shot of whiskey and some like Rocky road. We don't sell ice cream. Well, you better before the end of this
0: song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's another cameo. Um, I can't remember the actress's name. I know she was in glee. Mm-hmm. Um, she played the gym teacher. Uh, But yeah, she's like, you better start selling ice cream. There's going to be 60 dead bikers on your hands.
1: To me, when it was really hard parodying the rise of like rock stars, like um, uh, Dr. Demento takes Weird Al to like this party and there's every 80s celebrity in the world (laughs) there. You know, where it's like, you know, Conan O'Brien is um,
0: Andy Warhol uh, is
1: Andy Warhol. Dimitri Martin is uh, Tiny Tim. You have uh, Emo Phillips there's, is Salvador Dali. There's Grace Jones. I love that it's like they're not telling you who anyone really is. You just are able to know them because this is their clothing that they were famous for in the '80s. There's Bowie. There's um, mm-hmm. Divine, and then Gallagher. all of a sudden, yeah, Gallagher. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this guy's like, "Why don't you play a song?" He's like, "Who are you?" John Deacon. Just utter silence <laughs> from Queen utter silence i'm the bass player from queen oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know, i love that because that is just such like it is a dig at you know no one knows queen except freddie mercury but he then puts the song together on the spot which to me is having watched bohemian rhapsody it's basically what it looks like they do in that entire mm-hmm. movie. All of a sudden Freddie has an idea and they write the entire song in 10 minutes. And out of nowhere, his um gets his band is drumming away, which okay, cool, that's cool. His band's kind of help him out with noises. But then Dr. Demento and Bowie and Dolly, they're all like adding
0: instruments to the song. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: I love that because it is just such a middle finger to the standard biopic.
0: I, I can definitely appreciate it and uh where it just again, it falls flat for me is because I don't think it does enough to differentiate itself from like a scary movie kind of parody or any of those like meet the Spartans and all that sort of stuff. Like I think it's more competently made, but I don't know that the jokes are going to last like those movies didn't last and that I I think Weird Al needed something a little bit more. And also, again, my expectations. Not saying that it's it's the movie's fault. I was hoping for something going beyond just the '80s. Like I I I'm I'm sounding like I'm gonna contradicting myself because again I I loved the bits, but I don't feel like they landed in the movie. They say that he wrote "Eat It" and the riff for "Eat It" before Michael Jackson ever made "Beat It." <laughs> and they I, I love how they're just like my 100% original creation that i totally wrote eat it and it, it's it's just the, the bit plays really well and it's it's another one of those nods to the audience of like we understand that this is not how it happened but it it just eventually doesn't land because they acknowledge that like oh yeah michael jackson just came out with beat it which is a parody of eat it and he's aping your your video and he's, he's stealing your look. And it, I I would have liked to have seen it kind of play out more like weird owl versus the music industry. Like you can still do the whole weird owl as the bad boy, but have him have a rivalry with Michael Jackson, have him have a rivalry with Coolio, which I thought that was a great nod, even though I don't think Coolio would have been at any kind of award show in 1985. <laughs> we are talking about Almir's paradise totally came out in 1980. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but th- like have him have a, have him have a series of rivalries. Coolio. My, my, he and Michael Jackson got along, but like, yeah, again, it's, it's a parody movie. You can do whatever the hell you want. Uh, and then you can also like make Flea from the red hot chili peppers be kind of a dick to him as well. And they can have like the music industry versus weird Al is like your big climax instead of this weird non sequitur. Like we're going to make Le- Madonna the new Pablo Escobar. And I want to <laughs> know what Madonna <laughs> thinks of all that too. <laughs> Yeah, that.
1: So that entire section where I I did really like the build up. I mean, I, I liked that section, but I think they should have ex- ex- exercised it. You know, they should have. Uh, they should. It should have just been dropped because I think leading up to that moment where like he gets off. You know, he gets in trouble with his band. He's drinking. And the at one point he even says like, "This is the best six hours of my life since I met you," and I'm like what the hell just happened?
0: <laughs> yeah. That, that's, that was going to be one of my biggest criticisms is they make it seem like Al becomes this, they, they, they make fun of the, the idea that you become a star overnight. Cause they, oh yeah they record another one rides the bus or not. Another one rides the bus. What was my it? Bologna. Um, my my bologna. bologna. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they record my bologna and he like sends it off to a radio station and, he's literally on his way back into his apartment from mailing it. And like, Hey, we just got this on our desk and it's already been playing for six hours straight. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it yeah. makes no sense, which is the joke, but the, they're like, Oh, you're, you're not going to become famous overnight. And then the movie plays out over the course of like a week. It's weird. The it's editing like, is really strange, which again is probably the point. And they're making fun of like Bohemian Rhapsody among other movies for their yeah. bad editing and storytelling.
1: Yeah. It would have been, I think, a little more interesting if they had not done. I mean, the Madonna subplot I actually really like because I think that's just fucking funny. I, I do think it's funny that, like, you know, that she's basically looking for the Weird Al bump too, because in in the universe, anytime he puts out a parody, apparently the artist he parodies their sales double while his go like quadruple, quintuple, platinum, and stuff like that. And having her like try to do that was interesting because they needed some kind of love interest angle because every movie has that love interest angle that is toxic and destructive to them. You know, like Rocketman has that Bohemian Rhapsody everything does. And the decision to have, turn it into an action flick, I do enjoy an aspect because it is funny when he rescues her and he's like, I've never killed anybody since. In my life, but since Thursday, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and it is interesting, like him being the super ripped fighter out of nowhere works for me, especially since he's wearing a camo uh, Hawaiian shirt.
0: Yes, I love that costuming choice.
1: Yeah, but and I did like that, of course, you know, down on his luck, everything's destroyed him. He goes back to his dad. He works in the factory where they won't tell him what it is that they actually build in that factory. But you hit the wrong button, and apparently it shreds somebody alive. (laughs) But though that twenty minute sequence of him becoming a bad boy, I think should have been massaged in some way of something different. Instead, it part of the reason why I loved it. This is a must see for me, is because it reminds me of UHF, and UHF was a bunch of was basically an anthology film taking um, taking the framing device of they're trying to rescue a TV station. So these are all the programs they're putting on. And there was a great amusing knockoff of Rambo sequence in there, which is what that part basically played like, which made me laugh because the absurdity of the violence of it all. And I love any kind of movie that does a very affable villain, which Pablo Escobar was a very affable villain.
0: And I think that's, I, I, I understand that this movie was made on a significant budget. I think it's, even without commercials, I think it's something like 85 minutes long. So I I understand that you can't do everything, but like paying homage to UHF, not just in a, a weird non sequitur John Wick Rambo moment to have a, a, a scene where Al breaks into movies, kind of like what they do in Elvis and have him just become an egomaniac and controlling the, the, the movie and he wins an Oscar or something like just just make it this weird ego massage. (laughs) And I I think that there's, there's good stuff that you can do there. And I I know Al had input on the script and he obviously was trying to get this thing done on a budget. So it, it makes sense. I think the movie was filmed in less than three weeks.
1: Yep. 18 days.
0: Yeah. So it, it makes sense that they can't do all these things. And especially when they're trying to make it quickly and monetarily responsibly, it, it makes sense that you can't do everything. And they had an idea of what they wanted to do. And they, I think they did do that, but I think there, there is something more and there is something funnier that they could have done.
1: I, I agree with that. I mean, I would have liked, I mean, I did like how they basically play with time that it was ludicrous, especially the ending where it turns out he wins an award and immediately is murdered by Madonna as the, who's now the head of the cartel. And, <laughs> It turns out that this happened in 1985, and I'm like, <laughs> "What?" That's the part that threw me off the most was is like this was you know 1985. I'm like, but Amish Paradise was like, and I swear, Bad was like 88. What the
0: hell? Yeah, you know, skipping over so much of his career, but they wanted to, to play off like the Freddie Mercury yeah. stuff, where you you die young before your star really gets to a, a crescendo. But that again, that's another thing where maybe maybe Al could have done something to like pay homage to Kurt Cobain if they had gone into the 90s and just done a few other things that could have been really nice. But also they're doing this on a significant budget. I was watching uh, Seth Meyers last week uh, just before the movie came out and Alan Harry Potter, what the hell, Daniel Radcliffe, Daniel Radcliffe. I'm sorry, Uh, Al Alan Daniel Radcliffe were on Seth Meyers and Al was talking about how this movie was made so cheaply that the guy who plays Pee Wee Herman at the pool party, he didn't make enough money for doing that cameo essentially to justify his plane ticket and his hotel for the like day that he shot. But he wanted to be, he wanted to be in the movie so badly that he didn't care.
1: Yeah. I think I read the budget was about 8 million, which that's, micro budget for hollywood you're yeah, talking I, like i
0: wonder how much of that like al financed as well
1: yeah you're talking about something like that you're talking about um in the budget realm of that movie smile that just came out that horror movie smile you're talking about basically low budget horror movie money at this point comedies these days are like 30 to 50 million dollars which is kind of absurd when you think about it there's but yeah this is an 8 million dollar movie i will say though. This has one of my favorite awkward laugh moments because I don't really like awkward humor a whole lot, which is kind of funny because I really like British humor and British humor can be a little dry, a little awkward. But like, I've never really been a fan of The Office, it's just too cringy. But the ending where Dr. Demento and Weird Al make up, and Dr. Demento's like, Listen, you were right. You know, like, I've always been treating you like a son and I'm not your father but I've never had a son and I'd like to be would, would you let me adopt you? And he has the adoption papers ready. And then it's just a beat of a moment and the and weird dog goes, actually, I just made up with my dad. <laughs> <laughs> the earnestness of rain Wilson in that moment and the like, and the just perfect, perfect, response the beat was just perfect and just sold I had laughed way too hard
0: <laughs> yeah that that was a really good moment like if it wasn't such a cliche mm-hmm. I think that that could have been one of the few moments where people really remember it but like that's yeah. that's a cliched moment because any any like college level writing student, could do something like that yeah but it, it it is also an homage to a bygone era which i was uh when you brought up like uh airplane and hot shots and all these uh the naked gun like all those 80s and 90s comedies uh slapstick comedies i think one of the bits that really really fell flat for me was when he's winning his award or when he's finished with his award acceptance um he steps aside and he starts like praising himself and just basking in the light. And then he wets himself. I and didn't get that. Yeah. That, that just felt like that felt like something from the eighties that like, Oh, people love wetting Their or audiences always find it funny when people wet themselves. So let's just throw that in just for a good quick laugh where it, it fell really flat for me.
1: Yeah. I didn't like that. And- i wonder if they threw that in there because um a star is born the bradley cooper um lady gaga remake from like five years ago because they he he gets like on stage to accept some like like lifetime achievement award or something like that so kind of basically like listen you don't have it anymore um so here's a token award and he's like wetting himself as he's accepting it and they usher him off stage i kind of wonder if that was supposed to be like aping Hmm. that but I was just like, I don't know where that moment of like weird humor came from.
0: Yeah. It It seemed out of place out of nowhere. Yeah. But again, I I'm, I'm latching onto a lot of these negatives because it, it really became part of my viewing experience again, because of my expectations. I am not blaming the movie for this. It's my fault for the expectations that it, it just, it didn't go in a way that I thought it would. And it really just felt like, more of an excuse to have a bunch of really fun cameos. Yeah. Which is a prime example, kind of not to make a a big segue out of this, because we, we will still talk about this for a few more minutes. Uh, It it feels like they're maybe trying to cover up some of the, the cracks in the script and the story by having these cameos, which makes a, a really strong case against the whole, like, marvel fan casting stuff of like oh let's get mephisto oh let's get these guys let's get this person and just like let the movie do the movie don't worry about the cameos because cameos don't make the movie good they're just fun little endorphin highs that you can really quickly be like oh conan o'brien and he's andy warhol he's being hilarious hooray
1: no i can kind of, i can agree with that like to me, it was like realizing like a celebrity was one of those um was one of those well other celebrities was me was more like ooh, I was more enjoying that moment of like pointing out like who can you recognize from a costume like okay, that's divine that's that's leslie grace that uh that's warhol that is. There's this person, this person, this person. Does David Bowie. You know, you're pointing them all like, oh my gosh, these are all like things from the 80s. That like, of course, they would all be at this party wearing those outfits. So, you know, that to me was more fun. And then I'd find out later on. But it's also, it was acute in the moment. But the thing I remember most from that scene is the John Deacon kind of like rib. And then he goes, you know, we'd love for you to sing. Another one rides the bus for us. We're going to do Live Aid in like a (laughs) week. Would you please do that with us? And then the music is swelling. It's like, oh, my God, he's going to get his big break. And then the hard pass. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I love that. That is – but, yeah, you are right that there's just enough creaks in the script where you can tell that they had – a checkbox list of like we are making a biopic spoof we have to have the overbearing parents we have to have the troubled childhood we have to have the thrown out of the house and then you know we have to have all this and we, we had the, the rise can't be six seven years you're doing it like um, one of the things I was reading is that Weird Al didn't have I think a number one record and and or a number one song until 2006's is white and nerdy That's 20 something years in his career before he kind of like hit the actual like cultural love of like, yes, Amish Paradise and all the stuff on MTV, the Weird Al show that he had on MTV. We are all aware of him, but to actually have the, you got a number one record and a number one song so deep into his career is something he could have like touched on. But no, of course the, it is, as you said, He's returning home from recording in a bathroom, his single, and it's already on the radio and it's been the most played song of the week. <laughs> but there's just enough of that, the machinations of trying to shove all that into a script that it, it's not a great comedy, but I do like it. And I enjoy what weird, that weird, i tried to give us a fun throwback 80s flick. Could use some touch-ups.
0: Again, I don't think that it's a bad movie. It's just not one that I think I will go back to, which is yeah. where I think it's a pass. Uh, if you're a Weird Al fan, if you appreciate what Al does, and if you can appreciate the parody of it, where, uh, like Alex says, it, it goes into just a, a deeper and deeper madness and like further and further away from the truth throughout the movie. So, and that's where Ricky kind of lost touch with it too. Is she's just like, I, I knew this was going to be a parody of a biopic, but like, weren't we supposed to still get some things about Al beyond just like his childhood. So, you know, those memes of like, you remember this guy, this is yeah. him now feel old yet. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. So
0: I'm, I'm, I'm going to do this to you and you're going to, you're just going to go, what? And you're going to look at your hands and you're going to just see them fade into dust. Al's friend in the movie, Steve, uh, played by Spencer treat Clark. You remember him? Mm-hmm. That's Lucius from gladiator. Oh, Alex Clark. has turned to dust. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I knew he looked familiar, but I couldn't peg him. He was also an agents of shield, uh, but I've forgotten so much of that show already. Like it it was fun to watch, but it didn't, I didn't remember anything from it, but yeah, that's, that is Lucius from gladiator. Oh my God. He's
1: almost our age. He's born in
0: 1987. He's two years younger than me.
1: Oh my God. I'm so old right now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You your hand is turning to dust. So we better start wrapping this up. Oh my So God. You, you gave your, your score as well. You said it, it is a must see, right? Yeah. So we did get our first <laughs> audience review. Uh, I put the call out just before we started recording and we did get a, a, a response. The very first one we've ever gotten from a listener uh, or at least someone who found the hashtag on Twitter, John justice at I wear man. Uh, he says, I have watched it twice already. The second time with my 13 year old son and he was laughing hysterically, which made it even more fun. He was hating Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> Love the fight scenes with the drug gang. So John, thank you so much. And because you are first fan review, you get a follow back from us on the, the talking smack account. And hopefully you hear this episode. Thanks for, for commenting. We hope to hear more from you soon and hopefully your son enjoys the movie and uh, weird owl music. But uh it's it's still a pass for me. Uh, I don't mean to sound like I'm latching on to the negatives. I do think there are some really good bits in the movie. I just don't think they're lasting, if that makes sense. And I I just don't think they did enough to differentiate themselves from other bygone parody movies that have kind of soured over the years.
1: I'm old. <laughs> You, I feel like I've been shot. <laughs> Don't know more. I can't take it anymore, Josh. Okay, I can't. <laughs> I'm getting old. And and in other news, Weird Al's been dead for 28 years. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like the Avril Lavigne conspiracy, where uh, apparently she died shortly after Complicated was released, and now yep. she for. 20 some years she's been uh, performing or she's had a clone performing for her since obviously she's dead and can't perform.
1: Yeah. Uh, what is it? Eminem has also been dead since his overdose in like 2006. And so these last five albums have actually been done by a rap bot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that explains venom. <laughs> venom. Venom,
1: venom, 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 venom. <laughs>
0: My algorithm says this is optimal.
1: (laughs) Uh, That's a good place to end it. Making fun of people (laughs) who are actually successful.
0: As is, as is one's want. So with that, yeah, I guess we will wrap up. Uh, Please again, check out the episode description because there will be links to my episode of quest me, which if you're liking Andor, definitely check out, quest me and the twist My Arm network josh and justin do some good work there and uh just some really good dudes uh you we've also got multiverse of badness which if you like fun comic book stuff that is a great place to go because they they try to stay away from like the popular uh mainstream stuff and they dig a little deeper into more obscure stories and issues that just make for really fun conversation like uh if you need a tease In the episode that we discussed, again, we talk about the debut of the Great Lakes Avengers. And there's this really weird side story where U.S. agent is just a giant incel at uh, Tigra just because she's hunting a mouse within the Avengers mansion. And uh, there's an interesting discussion that happens with that. So check that out. And then, of course... Slade and I talk about tunic with the video game club. It's just the two of us. He and I, um, that's improper grammar, by the way, that should be me and him. Uh, <laughs> but I'm trying to homage a song, which again, I'm explaining the joke. Therefore it's even more funny. <laughs> it's
1: always funny when you explain it. Exactly. Which, by the way, Teen Titans has a uh, Teen Titans go has ruined Slade for me. Because I, <laughs> anytime you say Slay,
0: all I can hear is going Slay, Slay. <laughs> I'll tell him you said that. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, I, I will have ep- uh, episode links in the episode description for this episode. You can follow me at Josh underscore Scar on Twitter. You can follow the podcast at Talking Smack Pod. You can email us at tsmackpod at gmail.com. Thank you to Leo Allen for our musical themes. Thank you to Beppo and Retro Ale Studio for our avatars. Please subscribe, like, rate, review uh, on your podcatcher of choice. And Alex, who is doing our theme music for the week?
1: Um, world-renowned fugitive, never caught for the murder of Weird Al. Madonna Chicone has done our <laughs> remix <music. laughs>
0: Oh, we didn't even get to the fact that there's a post credit scene, too.
1: Yep. Nice uh, carry spoof. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that will do it for us, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Next week, we will be back with the Black Panther review. I'm very excited for that one. Um, that one will probably go longer than this episode. I, I think that kind of goes without saying. So I said it anyway, and we're going to get out of here. Everyone have a great week. Hopefully you voted. Have a great Veterans Day and take care.
1: And watch UHF.